0: Hey Josh. Hey Nate. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a gray day over here and we've all got the flu which is not that fun and uh, not very good for sleeping but you know we're getting through. We're getting there. Cool, cool.
1: Did you have any is it in your area of Canada and it's going to sound really lame with like the power outages and bunch of stuff is that yeah i thought so yes yes yeah yeah. i was like nope, that's vancouver josh that is on the total other side Mm. of the country
0: there might be there might be another bigger power outage but we had power out uh over the weekend um like there was a bunch of trees came down and stuff like that
1: like a big regional one where a couple people were bunches of people were out for like
0: like a few days um, I'm not sure if it was a few days, but like, there's like, I think two people around here died, uh, like with trees falling and stuff like that. So it was a decent storm. Um, it was pretty, pretty sketchy. We have a big tree in our backyard and we were standing inside watching it through the window. Just like, whoa, stay up there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. How, how well, are things I, with I, yeah. you?
1: It's the, it's good. Speaking of trees, it's something I had a, a recent annoyance of. Like we do have this tree out back that's like dead, but like yeah. it's not like super big. I mean, it's tall, but it's like I don't know, maybe two feet in like like diameter.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh,
1: but it's but it's probably you know I don't know forty feet tall, but it's like. Back in the air, in the back, further back in the line. It's one of those ones where you look at and you're like, it's, it's dead. And if, if it started to fall, it would Mm. probably land on my house. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like it's hard to gauge the exact like triangulation of it. But um, yeah, I've been, I've been watching it for a while and I'm like, you know what? Insurance companies should cover this. Like, or at least give me some, like if it's going to happen, why aren't Mm. they, wouldn't they be helpful in a preventative, like, hey, give me like a $500 credit? I'll pay for the rest of it, but just like pre- preventative,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think probably the cost of like taking the tree down is probably quite a bit higher than, you know, the little bit of eaves trough that gets ripped off. Although, if it hits the structure of your house, then you've got a big. That's, problem.
1: that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. yeah. So, give so anyway. Shot. That's I I did, and this was the annoyance. I reached out to our insurance, and they're like, yeah, that's not something we do. So it was like,
0: eh. Yeah. Ah. Shucks. Big companies, eh?
1: Yep.
0: Anyways, what um, what do you want to talk about today? I think you had something exciting.
1: Yeah, I, it was a little more on the recent news. I know we're not – we haven't been a big, uh, like, what's going on in the tech news, except maybe the last episode before <laughs> it was was about <laughs> the – the downturn stuff but uh this one is i think it's pretty interesting so if you haven't heard the news today uh profitwell uh got bought by paddle
0: mhm so i know paddle i don't really know right. profitwell very much what uh, right. what does profitwell do
1: well first of all well, paddle right paddle is a is a i guess would you call it credit card or it's like yeah, payment processing, payment processing, right? That's that's where it is in the stack of like this, this fintech stack. So they're payment processing. They're like a competitor with Stripe right there. Um, I know they handle things differently. Like, I think they do some I think they're in Europe, so they've handled VAT better or they mm-hmm. also hand. they're they're different, but payment processing. Um, yep. And uh ProfitWell is in the SaaS, I guess SaaS analytics space, where these are where everyone gets into tracking MRR, right? And uh, oh, yes. so they're in the whole camp of ProfitWell, I mean ProfitWell, uh Bear Metrics, uh Chart Mogul. So all of these ones that are all they I don't I don't want to I don't mean to make them sound small, but all they do <laughs> Is essentially like analyze your billing and your processing information and your customer data things like that. Essentially, allow you to track MRR, track churn, track expansion revenue. Uh, there's okay. yeah.
0: yeah, so so like a, a nice pre-built reporting system that you just like hook up right to your payment processor. That's yeah. what this is.
1: Yeah, SAS revenue metrics. So it's like recurring, specifically for recurring revenue
0: okay okay that's cool so so what's the big you said the big news was they got bought
1: yeah so it, it was a so going back tracking a few years before when all of this kind of started so bare metrics was like i think the first one to do it they just hooked up with stripe people knew how to calculate mrr and all these other things but it used to be You know, somewhat of a pain. So, Mm -hmm. um, they basically plugged it into the Stripe API, as as Stripe was, you know, definitely out of the gate and well on the rise, and a lot of people were already using them, and you could take uh, and get the revenue information and by just their API. So obviously, there's a lot of queries, there's a lot of math, there's a lot of like, Mm. accuracy and timing and all these things that you and I know and love from a dev perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was a great business, like when they first came out, because it was, it's like tapping into it, it, there's an existing problem that people have, they were doing it manually spreadsheets Mm -hmm. or whatever. And the current solutions out there were probably pretty lame and rudimentary um like Mm -hmm. slack didn't have this i mean not slack stripe didn't have this built in anymore because i think now they have a subscription product yeah yeah they have some Um, of the
0: mrr stats in there
1: yeah but it doesn't go nearly as like detailed
0: as some of these other things do right right like before like at the time that bare metrics came out basically your other option was download a spreadsheet or build something yourself and then do some sort of reporting on that, which is, you know, a lot of work.
1: Yeah. From a pure analytics standpoint, because again, Stripe already had all the data. So it was like, Hey, I've been using Stripe for years. I just want to plug and chug, like connect my API key. Voila, like magic.
0: Right. Right. I want Google analytics for
1: Stripe. Sure. Yeah. Um, And well, the other interesting part versus the Google analytics is the data was already there. So even if you add a Google analytics to your website, you can't get the history. Like right. it's almost like all, all of, all of a sudden your dashboards are lighting up because it's pulling in all your history from the past, like three years, five years, and all of a sudden yeah, yeah, magical.
0: Yeah. Right. So that's pretty um, cool. Like that's a, that's probably got a, a nice um, user adoption rate because like, how awesome is that? You just like plug in your API key and all of a sudden you've got all of this data at your fingertips.
1: Right. Right. And I guess the interesting thing is like that I've always found about the business model is like, it probably is great for user acquisition. uh, But also probably horrible for like turn because it's like easy come, easy go. The fact that I could like unplug it, I don't even care. It's like, Hey, I could quit sign up under a different email, come back, a month later and do it, or I could sign up twice a year yeah, and, yeah, really. and, you know, let them rip through all my backlog of data again. Oh, it's pending. It's processing for, for a day. And I go back and all of a sudden I have this magical historical dashboard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like people are kind of with reporting, I think people are kind of easy come easy go already, just like they care about it when they, when they're doing bad or when they're doing good, but when it's in the middle, they're like, meh you know, whatever. Right. Right. So
1: speeding up the story a bit, but there was, I think ChartMogul launched around, uh, I think after, but from what I've heard from the founder stories and things like that, this was something they were already like had an idea of doing. So okay. now you've got two people in this in this area, in this market, in this camp, and they were both all charge products like you, you had to pay uh, mm-hmm. to use. Um, Chart mogul, I believe, the one of the founder used to work at Zendesk early on, and they were doing this manually. So that's kind of, he was already working on this for a long time. And I think Metrics was the first to market. Chartmogul showed up not too long after. And then ProfitWell came in. But ProfitWell, who we're talking about that just got acquired, uh, they were doing it as a free as a free product
0: so (laughs) okay so is there was there any other real differences between these three like did they have any sort of way that they niche down other than their pricing uh
1: they definitely they definitely have now so they all have different models different positioning different advantages so Hmm. you do have to dig deeper into like the the metrics and the capabilities of these platforms but i think in that early days They were essentially all doing the same thing. So, like, so in that, probably within the first year or two, they all looked almost, I wouldn't say like visually looked the same. They also were very different, but Mm -hmm. they were all going after the same things. They were all doing SEO terms for how to calculate your, you know, MRR. Uh, And you see articles that look exactly the same as they're swiping from each other. And I think there was a lot of like infighting between all of them, just in yep. in these areas so oh that does not sound like fun right so, what so, happens so next? yeah so <laughs> so speeding up the story a bit is like uh so i think these are all going at different rates having different different markets and i'll be honest i'm a i've enrolled for profit well before i didn't really like it it, it honestly but my my personal thing well one of the thing was their revenue model was it was feeding their consulting company. So in terms of, it was free. And so they have all this aggregated data, you know, disassociated, hopefully, you know, they say they're not going to tie it to people. But I was not comfortable with the free product because, you know, it's like, mm. it's like the old Facebook saying or whatever. It's like, if you're, if you're not paying for it, you are the product, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so for me, I just had this healthy distrust of like, this is free. Like, where's my data? I see, I see them creating reports, these industry reports. I was like, I don't like, I'm very, yeah. I'm very personal with my data. So I didn't, I didn't like that. I was actually more comfortable paying for it, knowing that I wasn't being monetized in some other way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, so they, and so then, they were, sorry, so they were selling it. They were selling um, the aggregated data that's how they are funding the freemium.
1: I don't, I don't think they were selling the aggregated data. I think they were, they were selling services. So they basically are like, Hey, do you need pricing help? Do you need Oh, so? Some... Yeah. Yeah. So it so was a like lead they're... gen for them. Yeah. Okay. Lead gen. Yeah. That makes sense. And then obviously they got access to all this data, which helped them probably help people price better, mm-hmm. allowed to send out these industry reports and looked like a thought leader. I mean, not looked like they were, they were thought leaders and, They're interesting for other reasons. Like they were big on content. They were big on trying to be a media company. They did a lot of like really interesting content. The guy, Patrick Campbell has a really interesting story, super insightful hearing him talk about pricing. So, I mean, aside from the product that I was not like didn't want to do, like it was a very respectful company. It was a company that you, you, I, I really, I did enjoy their content. So,
0: yeah. So if I, like, I, I haven't been super close to the story, but from what I understand, there's a bit of tension between ProfitWell and Barometrics kind of on, Barometrics was the first mover, but ProfitWell just got acquired for a lot of money. Um, right. What's What's the backstory to that?
1: Well, I think it just, it just goes back into history of how much of these were, like, infighting with each other. I mean, how would you feel you have this, you look like you have hit it out of the out of the park, found this golden opportunity. And then someone goes in and be like, yeah, now I'm going to do your thing, but for free. Right. So it, it's naturally caused, I think a large riff and like the content wars, like the SEO stuff. Like I think they've had, they've always not seen the market the same way. Right. Because they've had different models. So they both had their own points of view and were, uh, and honestly, probably just like, how could you not see that a free product is taking away your market share,
0: right? Yeah, and I guess, like, yeah, they have different points of view on it, but I guess I would have thought that you know they would be comfortable with those differences. And that if you're going to treat the market as this is pay to play, you're going to kind of go for like more of the people who are data conscious, like, um, worried about the, where their data is going or something like that, right? Like, if if someone comes in with a competing model, like that's not, to to me, that seems like not something to get angry about, but something to kind of decipher and see like, is that really better? Or is it, you know, not worth going down that, that rabbit hole? I think, I think you're right,
1: but I also think we get to not have emotion in it at all for you and me. Right. Like, like, so this is a very emotional thing. All of these things. I think it's, you know, people that actually want to sit down and talk to each other. I don't know. Uh, you know, and and that have very, yeah. So, and also, just depends on the level of. It's gonna probably bite me in the butt, but level of maturity, I would say, of the founders and whatnot. Emotional I don't know, and I'm gonna say
0: emotional <laughs> intelligence,
1: or a pragmatic approach to this, which you know, some other ones that go back and be like, hey. If we kind of like are working together to grow the market, like, Hey, there's something here for everyone. Like, right. Um, so yeah. So I don't, I don't know if any of that ever got resolved, but that's, so that's, that's sort of the profit. Well story. I think we'll circle back at the end of this to the rest mm. of the profit. Well story, but that's what they were doing. And that's what their big riff with bare metrics was. Um, and, and I think I talked about the history of, of chart mogul and, a bit. And I, I think ChartMogul has largely kind of been on the outside of this. Like they've never, they've been doing other things. Like it's great to see them with, uh, micro If you see those, those blog posts, have you seen those Twitter stuff from no. micro acquire? No. Oh man. <laughs> You're not on Twitter enough. Like I am. <laughs> uh,
0: what, what, tell me about micro What is it?
1: Uh, so real fast. This isn't a big part of the story. It's just interesting with ChartMogul because usually most of the video, a lot of the uh, screenshots you'll see of MRR are either Stripe or Chartmogul. I think that's okay. really like the ones I see the most of, like when people are like, "Hey, I reached this revenue point," or "Hey, I'm celebrating." Yeah. Um, Chartmogul is interesting because they they uh, so Microacquire um, is a marketplace to to buy and sell like micro SAS and stuff. So. Um, they're interesting in their own right. We could probably talk about them more later, but one of their interesting things they were doing from a content perspective was like they were, they used um, cameo. If you're familiar with cameo. Yeah. So they got, if you're familiar with the show uh, uh, Silicon Valley, there's that character, right? So if you've seen the videos of the micro acquire guy, Did all these, got the, all these videos recorded and put on Twitter by the, I don't even remember the character's name, but he's outlandish. He's about the, like the billion dollar thing and the trace commas. Like anyway, so he's, he's all, there's all these videos and they're like micro choir and chart mogul. And like, he basically, they made all these content pieces. Um, So anyway, chart mogul has had their day in, in being like in the internet. Uh, and Twitter world of like kind of getting some publicity and things like that through that way. So anyway, that's not super interesting anymore. I feel like this was a long winded dumb story. (laughs) 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 Let me get back to bear metrics. So bear metrics got bought right. A couple years ago. And if you looked at, they were also part of this early, like open startup movement. It had bare metrics slash open. Like they were one of the big ones that were, hey, publish your open metrics and use bare metrics. And you use it Mm -hmm. and you show on the dashboards. We were showing it. So I used to use it. And I think we've even talked about this on the pod before, but it's kind of fun to go look at other people's metrics and like look at, hey, how did other people do during the pandemic? How did, ooh, there's this flat. I wonder what happened. Like it's it's interesting to look at from a business idea perspective because it's like, ooh, are they how much money does that actually make, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they are behind that. Like they have this open thing. So they got bought, I think two plus years ago. Um, they were kind of a little, a little in the flat area at a point in time. And, uh, their founder, uh, Josh Pigford, um, is, you know, he's an interesting character, but he sold to kind of private equity. Um, and, uh, since then they've had other things recently big price changes that price private equity does yeah, pissing a lot of people yeah. off but you look at their revenue and it's kind of like was well, that just it's the vocal working. minority being loud right i don't know so oh, yeah. who knows so uh so there's a lot in those those are the, i think the three big players that are like fighting mm-hmm. it out in those areas and they've all kind of like i said profit well was the free player Bear metrics was kind of the first early person. Um, both of those did benefit from services. They both had this like um, churn reduction service, like this uh, Dunning service or revenue recovery type of service. Oh, like yeah. ProfitWell yeah. had one of those. So that was like mm-hmm. a revenue source for them on, on the back of ProfitWell as the metrics. Bear metrics added this as an additional one. I did hear ChartMogul built this out too, but it
0: they didn't they didn't stick with it they ended up dropping the product yeah okay interesting yeah because chart mogul seems a lot more focused like even just the name sounds a lot more focused in on like display as opposed to like value add services
1: yeah they're definitely they don't have a services component but they do have a very they 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 have a very robust product it is hmm. i i must i'm a user of their product although I do see them trying to squeeze me because I was like a really early person, and I have like grandfather pricing for a couple years, uh, and now they're yeah. saying that's going away. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm less of a fan, but I'm still a fan. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see.
0: Yeah. So wasn't wasn't there something about this acquisition where, um, like, the amount that ProfitWell sold for was so much right. different, like so much higher than Barometrics?
1: Yeah, so I think that's probably the big like rub out of all of this. So this is like the end of the story of like at least the the bare metrics profit. Well, so bare metric chartmogul is still independent. I think they're doing well. I think they're probably mm-hmm. in the you know twenty plus million range. If I think I've heard like annually. Um, yeah. You know they have a team of maybe a hundred people. Like they're doing they're doing fine. They're independent. They're they're they have a very differentiated product in the right areas. We don't have to go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bear metric sold. So they kind of were the first to like just sell and have an exit. And I believe they were around like 2 million or so ARR when they sold, maybe even less than that. Okay. But it was also early in the pandemic time. I think they sold in like January 2020. Okay. And so the multiples were not as great as it was then. So I, I don't think mm-hmm. they, you know, maybe th- maybe they got like a 5X multiple. So maybe it was like 10 million or something like that. Which again, hey, I'm not scoffing at it. Life-changing money, okay. all these things, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think that's kind of the thing. It's like, hey, here's the story and here's all this riff. And then you look at ProfitWell and you look at the posting and there's, I think, something along the lines of saying like, someone has thrown, or at least Patrick Campbell, the founder, has thrown out the number like 200
0: Like two hundred million. Yeah, yeah. Which is like that's way more. Like, what what's going on with that? Like, what's the difference here? It can't just Uh, be multiple.
1: No, it's definitely not just. Well, profit. Well, as I've heard, has because of their services and their other things. Like, they have a big company. They have a Mm -hmm. you know, it's like a hundred person company. They have all kinds of stuff. They have all kinds of content. They have a brand and a media brand out there Mm -hmm. um you hear patrick campbell like uh, he's he's been on the acquired podcast one of our favorites he's been on all these podcasts like he's out there like he is the front man and he does a great job so like they Mm -hmm. they have a lot of attention and brand recognition in the like SaaS metrics fintech like like area right and um so i think it it's a huge component and it has a huge services. And I, I think I heard they were probably, they were definitely in the like 20 million a year area. Right. Okay. So, so I, I think it's like, I, I think it's,
0: they're doing a lot better.
1: Yeah. But it's, it's a different multiple when it's services. So I think it's just a blended, like, Hey, we're getting a lot of different pieces. We're getting a services element. We're getting a, uh, we're getting a, like a, a hole to plug into our product. Like, like, or it's lead gen, like think about Mm -hmm. them as pure lead gen for Paddle, right? It's just like, hey, all you people that are using ProfitWell and Stripe, now we have the ears of all these people for Paddle, for user acquisition. So, And they have apparently like a strong media, like they do these shows, they have like YouTube shows, they have all kinds. So there's a lot there as an asset. And so it's a totally different play, right? It's not just pure pure SaaS. Right.
0: It's it's more about, it's more about the mind share that they take up and the revenue that they're bringing in where like for profit, while they've got so many different, so many different ears coming into there. Whereas barometrics is really just, if you pay, you're our customer, you know, here's what you get. It's a, a straightforward SaaS type. Right. Play. Right.
1: And when I heard they sold it, you know, they maybe had 10, they maybe I don't think they ever had more than, you know, 10 or 20 people working at Bear metrics. I've heard it's gone up and down in terms of employee count. I think, um, a person we know as well, like Corey Haynes was working there in the growth phase, right. like near yep. the tail end before, like, I think he was part of trying to kickstart it internally after it was flat for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think just, uh, yeah, so it's, it's different founders, different mindsets. Mm interesting crossover product had their had their heads butts and wars and now it's like yeah end, end and end of those era end of that story
0: and i wonder like is it was it really the the kind of free mod the freemium with services model and like their see the profit well ceo really doing well at at uh you know putting himself out there was that was that really the differentiating factor between them or is there like kind of more to that Like I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think because it sounds like they have like basically interchangeable products to start with, like at the beginning, right. right. You know, what, what sets these two apart? What makes it, what makes it happen?
1: I mean, I would say the founders and their vision and their operating capacity and just how they run business. So it's just, it might just be a preference. It's, it's not always. The dollar amount may not always be the scorecard for everyone, right? So like, right. Um, you don't know, like, I don't think ProfitWell raised any money either. So it wasn't like a, this isn't a VC versus bootstrap story, mm-hmm. but it's almost just an interesting like case study across three different from the eyes, from the outside, mm-hmm. similar products, different models, different founders, different visions, different things. Yeah. I don't, from the outside, it looks very much similar, right? Because you also have ChartMogul on the other side, which I said, I think is doing quite well as well when they're building it like they didn't do me they're not as good in the media as profit well they're not as good as they but they have a really solid data product i know i said i didn't want to get into their differentiation but (laughs) i think what they add is a lot is like you can load that up with all all kinds of other cross-reference segmentation information Mm. and you can do all kinds of cohort data like it's it's definitely deeper in the analysis side. I think they even tried yeah. to coin a different term. Uh, let me search it real quick. So they call themselves now a, a subscription analytics platform. Yeah. They might've had a different name at even a different point, but anyway, but yeah, so it's like, um, but their pricing is getting expensive, but I think they're trying to really model it around like, Hey, this is,
0: cheaper than a CFO. Uh, I see. Yep. Yep. So that's clever. hmm. I find that so interesting when you like, like you said, like having these ones that are very comparable products, because then you do get to see how people make different decisions, right? Like I think we're always trying to kind of weigh the pros and cons of everything. And this is kind of one way that we can kind of see them play out a little bit and see where they go. Um, Like i know with status list it felt somewhat similar to this where you have like it's really hard to differentiate yourself right and you know how how do you play in that market and how do you how do you work there because i think that's that's where you really get to see what what a founder is made out of like when it's it's going to be really tricky to differentiate yourself you really see what they're they're going for
1: well yeah what they want what is success to them what is what is in Mm -hmm. their you know because it might have just been like josh Pickford maybe just never wanted to build it the same way right like he yeah. may have just had different strengths or different weaknesses and and like all those founders are very different and it's so, sure. it's sort of interesting as that case study throwing that in the petri dish and it's like two three totally different results
0: yeah yeah totally totally Cool. Um,
1: what was i gonna say there was another interesting part about Oh, oh so like you mentioned the status list, which we've talked mm. about in the past, which if you track back to our super early episodes, Nate was building a, uh, like a, I don't know, what, what do you call uptime it? Like monitoring uptime monitoring. Right. So, but what's interesting about that, right. That I was just thinking about is where we ended up is like, we kind of marked it off as a commodity service at this point. Mm-hmm. Like there was really nowhere else to go. Um, or if you were to go anywhere, the, the depth of uptime monitoring goes into APM. It goes into yeah. just deeper and deeper and deeper into the technology pieces. And like that's that, and you're starting to run into who's the big one? Um,
0: oh, uh, Datadog or like. Um, yeah, there's a there's a few of them in that space. Like you aren't gonna
1: right, touch and different t- pager duty in terms of like rationalizing them together. Uh, who was that super big one uh, that they, they went public? Uh, I forget. I got it. Yeah. Crap. All right. Um, but you
0: know something about status list though? Yeah. I I put all that effort in and spent all that time thinking about it. It now sends me a check every month, and like it's not it's it's less than a thousand dollars, but like it's, it's not nothing. And, uh, I am very thankful for that. And it's kind of neat. Like there's the odd person that'll reach out that like, just they, they see the differentiation that I tried to put in and they're like, yes, I like that. I get it. Um, and that just, you know, that tickles me. I'm just like, that's no, That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: I, I guess the, the, uh, the quick thing that I wanted to round up was, um, in the in this SaaS analytics space, that was all green pasture, right? So they were all mm-hmm. like the first to do this. So the the extra layers were not defined yet, right? They all took different directions. Right. Like I said, Chartmogul took this depth of a different one. Bear metrics was trying to do something else and was charging earlier for this revenue retention, and so mm-hmm. did ProfitWell. But they were trying to build it as a as a like we were talking about the other day, like a consulting yeah just like they they built they used as a lead gen right so it's Mm -hmm. like it's like all these totally different models so anyway
0: super interesting stuff um very cool i love uh i love pulling apart these kinds of things it's really cool
1: yeah and it's good because like i saw all these happen which is part of the interesting (laughs) thing so also like i don't know maybe my information is by i mean it's definitely biased (laughs) from my (laughs) point of view um and uh, i'm sure there's plenty of other information that we got wrong or, uh, you know, timelines wrong or whatnot, but it's always super interesting when you have your own like story in your head and, and Mm -hmm. like, because you were around when it was happening. And yeah, so.
0: Must be getting old or something, you know, seeing things start go from start to finish. Well, that, and how
1: many times today have I even been like, what's that service called? Who's that? What's that one called? So yeah. No, that's just
0: a sleep problem. You need to sleep more. (laughs) cool well you probably need to sleep more how, how are the kids oh you know they're uh they're very boogery and uh, needy today so uh okay. kudos to my wife for uh taking care of them and putting up with them yeah kudos to all the better halves minding the home front so 100 percent. all right well cool. uh, it's good chatting with you today josh take care all right nate talk to you later bye <music> Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at searching for SAS on Twitter. That's searching the number four SAS, or send an email to searching for SAS at gmail.com. See you next week.